Hey everybody, welcome back to the JetCast. Today is Monday, April 11th. My name is Dante DeSantis with my co-host Dylan Gagan. Say what's up. What's up everyone? And uh, this week we actually had a lot of stuff happen uh, for an off-season week. Uh, well, I mean in relation to other off-season weeks. Uh, I mean we start we start off the week with Jeremy Ross signing. You want to tell us a bit about him? Um, Jeremy Ross is a returns, return man specialist. He was formerly of the Raiders. Last year he played with two teams. He played the Raiders and Ravens. And before that, he was with the Lions for two years and the Packers for two years. I mean, it's not really a huge signing, but he will compete for the starting kick returner job. And that spot right now is up for grabs, considering what it was last year, which is basically nothing. And uh, it adds actually a little bit of speed. Uh, adds a speed element. I mean, he had. I mean, not to bring. I mean, I meant to bring this up. He had that long catch against us in the Lions game. Was it two years ago? Right. Yeah, the 2014. Yeah, and that put us to like what one and six or one and five, but uh, yeah. So I mean, he has some sort of uh, at least he he could be another deep threat. Um, I wanted to say you should uh, back your mic a little bit away. Uh, I know it kind of interrupts the podcast, but trying to yeah. get the sound right. Anyway, my bad. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Ross. I mean, now we have rather than last year where Chris Owusu got cut and then we like had no clue who the kick returner was going to be. We have a few options this year, uh, especially through some free agency free agency uh, signings with you know the limited cap. I mean, Jeremy Ross, Dre Archer is there. Uh, I'm already forgetting about some people. I mean, Kyrie Robinson was a punt returner slash kick returner for a little bit, wasn't he? Um, I think so. I don't remember. So, I mean, he's just another option. I mean, it, it, anything that keeps us from having to put Zach Stacy there again uh, will definitely be better. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with competition. So we got another what? Another sixth receiver or something, and we got a maybe a solid kick returner out of it. Um, especially because everyone thinks that Dre Archer is going to be like this this prodigy, or he is this prodigy at kick returner. He didn't work out on the Steelers, so I, I'm not sure why people think our kick returner slash punt returner spot is just set. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't like, understand that. Most people think because he's like a 99 speed or whatever in Madden that he's automatically going to be a beast on the field. I mean, he's got he's fast, but like he's never he's not proven in the league yet. I mean, how, how tall is he? I have no clue, but I he's know like, he's small. He's like 5'6", like 170 pounds. Yeah, I mean, he he is definitely his spot. People think he's already got a guaranteed spot in the roster. No, he's gonna have to earn that spot oh, in training camp. He is roster bubble from to throughout all of camp for sure. I mean, I'd be surprised if he does make it because he's not a wide receiver, not a running back. So where does he exactly fit besides just kick returner? But I don't know, man. He he might be able to make it. Anyways, uh, there was two retirements this week that at least well, one was a huge jet, and the other was a former jet. Uh, he was very important throughout our. Uh, our playoff run in what oh nine ten, and uh, he went on to the Chiefs. Mike DeVito retired. Um, I'm sure me and you have a lot of memories from him, just because. I mean, he was never the greatest, but he was such a good like locker room guy. I mean, you hear about it. he was always uh, what's Walter Payton Man of the Year. I'm pretty sure he was always the Jets nominee during those two years. But I mean, you have some words on Mike DeVito. I feel like I feel like he was just another. I think he was Damon Harrison before Harrison was Harrison. Yeah, I mean. Like, he never had that he, sort of on-field impact, but yeah, like he um he never put up the big numbers, but um his impact was pretty big for the Jets. He was a nice run stuffer. He came on as for an undrafted free agent to play six years for the team and in play in the role. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty good. Yeah, that, that D line was great. Um, I mean, we had a good D line for like the last ten years. It seems like. Oh yeah, well, I mean, we'll never get a quarterback, but we'll always have a good D line. No, I'm just kidding, but. <laughs> 
Uh, well, we should have a quarterback right now, but not going to get into that. Anyways, the biggest retirement of the week, uh, well, I guess like the only one that matters right now is DeBrickshaw Ferguson retired after, you know, the rumors of a pay cut. And, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that didn't have much to do with his retirement, um, like the actual decision to retire. Yeah. But I mean, people are saying, people are like bl- basically blaming Fitzpatrick on Ferguson's retirement, some people I've seen, yeah. because of um, asking for the pay cut. But, I mean, I don't think it's because of the pick. I think Brick knew that he was declining and he wasn't going to be able to compete at the level that he was in his early years. So he wanted to go out on his own terms. He didn't want to just continue to stink it up the place. Yeah, I mean, he you know even said in his letter that he's always taken pride and he doesn't care about his contract, which, I mean, he obviously did, but not, you know, too much. But uh, he said how he didn't care about his contract. He just always wanted to be the elite tackle that he wanted to be and he didn't think that he could do it anymore, so he wanted to retire. And, I mean, I respect that a lot. He's one of the few... NFL players that as like a child from when he came in because 2006 he came in so what was I then I was like 12 or no why well, I messed that up how long ago was it 10 years I was eight when DeBrickshaw Ferguson was drafted which is really weird but uh I don't know it was weird to have a player that maybe he was never the best left tackle in the league there was a maybe one or two years. no he was never an all pro he, he was never the best left tackle in the league um but over the years he was definitely one of the best Jets and uh, definitely one of the best Jets of all time. And he was one of those few players that you actually idolize for, like, intelligence and poise and just how he cares about himself. And for someone to have not been injured for how long he was, you can tell how much he put in his life, you know, to not get injured. And it's it's actually it's, – it's very cool to see a player that never got in any trouble and was intelligent. He's going to be a writer after his career. Uh, it's very cool to see a player have a career like that, especially when you draft him. He's there for 10 years, never missed a game, and then he's done. Yeah, it's just he had a very good career. It's crazy to me. It's crazy, crazy to me to think that he only missed one snap his whole entire career, and that was due to a trick play, just trying to, a miracle play, some, trying to make something happen. I mean, he was just so durable. I mean, obviously, you said he wasn't one of the, he never was one of the best, but he was very solid, and his durability was huge for the Jets. Oh yeah, I mean, the best ability is uh, availability, is what they always say. And you know, there's those people on Twitter that are saying that uh, who was the? Do you remember who tweeted? Uh, that he was a mild disappointment. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think I remember. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how can you say that a player drafted at number four overall was a mild disappointment? He plays 10 years for you. You never have to have a backup left tackle. I mean, he started 10 years. I mean, that's insane that he played 10 straight years, never missing a game, never missing. And he was never on an injury report. And then someone calls him a mild disappointment. I mean, I'd rather have someone that plays 10 years, never misses a down, and is above average than someone who's elite and then, you know, misses a game every now and then. Exactly. I'd, I'd definitely say that the number four overall pick was worth it. I mean, we didn't have to worry about that position for 10 years. Yeah, that's That's, that's insane. pretty insane. Especially that's one of the most important positions on the offensive line, the protecting the blind side. Oh, yeah. The left position. I mean, it sucks to see Brick go, but... Uh, yeah, we definitely left a lot of awesome memories. At least, you know, he got into, he got some playoff wins because, you know, there's some Jets that went through a long career and never really got anything. But, you know, he went far. He he, he got, he got what, four playoff wins? No, I'm not even including. He got, what, seven or four playoff wins? Yes, so, I mean. He played well, won, seven. Yeah. He, um, I know he won four, I think, because the two yeah, with four. Sanchez. Yep. Two each with Sanchez. Um. Yeah, I couldn't remember if he got anywhere before that, but it's a weird thing to think. I think I was telling you about this, but it's weird to think since we were, like, actually consciously paying attention to Jets games and, like, you know, actually paying attention to stats and really paying attention every game, every down, you know what I mean? We haven't seen one yeah. without Debrickishaw Ferguson on the field. 
Yeah, like we've literally not seen a play where he hasn't been on the field. Yeah, that's that's just crazy to, to think about. Yeah, there's not many teams that can say, or many fans that can say that they that they've witnessed something like that. And so every memorable play that we've seen over the past ten years was at least aided by Debrickshaw Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So that's and a pretty cool thing to think crazy. about. Crazy. And now, I mean, it sucks to see him go, though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it really does suck to see him go. Uh, his letter was awesome. I mean, it just, I mean, of course, his letter was awesome. He's going to be a writer. Um, but we did, we we apparently got our replacement. There's no one's going to replace Debrickashaw. And, uh, but we got someone to fill in that spot, which is, which some people actually expected. You, you tweeted it a few days prior, but the Jets traded for Ryan Clady, the left tackle from the Broncos, who got replaced by Russell Okung. Um, it was a fifth for Ryan Clady in their seventh, right? Yeah, the, I think it was 253rd overall, seventh round pick. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I don't mind trading a fifth for a starter. You know, I mean, people mm. overestimate the, like the value of a fifth rounder. And I've always said this: like, if you can get someone who's going to start for you for someone that late, like, think about it. We got Brandon Marshall, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick out of these sort of trades. It's so worth it. I mean. That's also why, I mean, I will talk about this later, but with the Mo Wilkerson thing, I mean, I would trade my first rounder. If, I, if I'm planning on drafting a defensive end, why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you just trade that first round pick for Mo Wilkerson? You know what I mean? It's I mean, just, yeah. You got the guaranteed someone who can be decent unless Ryan Clady gets injured. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Ryan Clady and the trade? I mean, um, when, you think about, when you think about the Jets' past draft history, when is the last time a fifth round pick has actually made an impactful performance uh, with the team? He left this year. Jeremy Curley. That's the last one. Yeah, Jeremy Curley. And it wasn't, he was good, but, like, I mean, he wasn't, like, huge for the draft. He's not a fifth-round pick like Sherman was. I mean, Clady, I would say, when healthy, is better than the bigger Shaw Ferguson. He had two first-team All-Pros, four-time Pro Bowler, but his health issues really scare me. I mean, he if you think about it, he's basically missed two of the last three seasons because um, I think it was 2013 or, or um, yeah, 2013 he had a foot injury. Liz Frank. And, yep. Yeah, Liz Frank. And then in um, 2014, he played a little bit, I think. And then last year, most recently, he tore his ACL. So he's missed, I think it was 30 of his last 48 games. Um, I think that he played every game, 2014. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, what's encouraging about the trade, yeah, you look at the injuries, you're like, oh, man, he's not going to be able to make it. But if you look at 2014, he made through every game, and then he was all pro. So it's it's not like he doesn't have talent because – what, 2014, two years ago, he got injured what, this year, but think about it. Just the year prior, he, uh, oh, what just happened? Hang on, my computer just went wild. Uh, just the year prior, he, he was all pro. I mean, it, which something Jabrickashaw uh, Ferguson was never able to do, unfortunately. Um, there were a few years where Brick uh, deserved it, but it didn't work out. Because, I mean, all pro is sort of weird because I'm pretty sure the media and, and there's other people that just vote on it. So it's all yeah. subjective, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Clady is is a good to great left tackle, and it's tough to say, like, oh, he's going to be a top 10 tackle. But, I mean, even, even if he's top 15, it won't be too big of a drop-off from last year. So, hopefully yeah. they draft someone that can, you know, supplement if he gets injured. But, as of now, it looks like a good trade. And it's not like we really lost much. I mean, yeah, we lost a five, well, a fifth rounder, and, I mean, we gained a seventh. So, and, I mean, it's not, it's a seventh, but it's better than nothing. Plus, we got Clady, so... I don't know. I, I would think. I think. It, I think it's a pretty pretty good trade. Yeah, I definitely say that we are the winners of the trade. Also, something weird. It's the trade. Um, the way it went out. It's the same exact trade that um McCagney used to get Brandon Marshall last year from the Bears. Yeah, we gave up a fifth, and then we got a seventh in the player from them. So if this trade works out, 
McCagnan has traded what? What what did they trade for Fitz? A sixth rounder? Uh, yeah. So they traded a fifth and a sixth and then another fifth. They could potentially, well, they do. They McCagnan made a trade for a record-setting QB for the Jets, record-setting wide receiver for the Jets, and then maybe they're like starting left tackle, a top ten tackle. So, I mean, I I, I remember saying like I'm waiting on that McCagnan trade, but apparently McCagnan knows what he's doing with these trades and. Hopefully this one works out too. It's all a matter of injury, but I mean the Jets are usually pretty lucky with injuries, so they must have a pretty good, uh, you know, health team and or however you want to say it, the trainers. So hopefully yeah. it works out because that'd be a hell of a trade. I mean, it's um, we're going from a guy that's like Ferguson that was so durable to a guy that's um, pretty much injury prone. But um, if he can stay healthy and he plays all sixteen games, I think it's pretty much a steal for the Jets because oh, you're not going to find steal. a fifth rounder. Yeah, you're not gonna, I don't think you'll find a fifth runner that's going to make a, a bigger impact than Ryan Clay, who's proven to be a top-ten tackle when healthy. Exactly, and based on drafting history, we're not going to get anyone in the fifth round that will be able to at least help towards winning this year or maybe in the future. I mean, you know, it's tough to say that because maybe they could find a Richard Sherman, but the the chances of Ryan Clay working out are much higher than a fifth rounder being, you know, very helpful. For example, last year we drafted Jarvis Harrison in the fifth round, and he hasn't done much plus – yeah, he didn't contribute at all this year. I mean, did he even play? I, I'm pretty sure he didn't. No, he never played. Yeah, so... I he ever screwed up at all. I, I still have faith in Jarvis Harrison, because I do like Jarvis Harrison, but, see, that's the sort of player you get in the fifth round. Usually, obviously, there's outliers to that, but, yeah, usually you get the players like Jarvis Harrison who are going to take a few years, and uh, that actually brings me another to another point, unless, do you have more on Clady? You want to say? Well, I- I just wanted to say I'm glad that McCagnan was able to add a veteran before the draft. It just makes me feel more comfortable. Oh, yeah, for sure. Then having to think I mean, that you're going to start like a first, second, or third round tackle. Yeah, I mean, we can still we can still take a tackle in the first round, but I mean, if we don't, we know that we have Clady. And then we can still, I still think they should take address the um, tackle position in within the first three rounds. Because, um, you know, Clady's 30 years old, and also Bruno Giacomini, it just, yeah. he had a really bad year last year. I don't and even see it. What's nice about having Clady, if we draft someone early, we can see if he can beat out Breno, get experience at right tackle, and then if Clady, uh, knock on wood, does go down, then we have the rookie that has some experience play Breno back at right tackle, and then have the yeah. rookie play left tackle. It's like what the Giants have done with uh, Eric Flowers. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the ideal situation right there. Yeah, so I definitely I do. I, I mean, you can't not like this trade. It's very, it's it's low risk, high reward, you know. And uh, but that brings me to my other point. Um, someone I thought I was thinking about earlier was Brian Winters, and I'm actually like, if you look at the difference from what his rookie year to now, or what is this his third year, right? Yeah, I think he came uh, in in 2014 or 2013. He improved a lot, like uh, compared to what he was the second year when he was struggling. Uh, I was checking out Pro Football Focus and all their grades, which I don't really put too much thought into their grades. Uh, I was looking also at the uh, NFL 1000 by Matt Miller on Bleach Report. He he improved so much that I'm actually pretty comfortable with him at the right guard where earlier, remember, I, I talked in one podcast about how I still wanted Willie Colon because, you know, before his knee, it helped a lot. But Brian Winters really came into his own later in the year. When, would you agree or... Yeah, I definitely agree. One game specifically, I remember, he started, um, I think it was the Dolphins game in London. Oh, I know what you're talking about. He handled Ndamukong Sue that whole entire game, and it was really impressive. And you really saw the growth and improvement from him. If he can just build off the year he had this year, I think we do have a solid right guard for the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually really, I'm really excited to see him next year. And then James Carpenter, I think, 
is also in for a better year because he, you just saw him getting more comfortable later as, like, as the year went on. That's why you don't want to get rid of this chemistry. Uh, hopefully yeah. Mangold can stay playing at uh, an above average you know, level. But, you know, we never know with age. Anyways, I think that's all for uh, the first half. You got anything else? Uh, I guess. Do you, want, do you want to talk about Fitz at all? Do you have anything uh, on him? See, we talk so much about Fitz, it's, like, really hard to keep talking. <laughs> but I guess we could say, oh, you know what we didn't mention? Um, you know, the Jared Goff visiting, and obviously visits don't mean much. But uh, we kind of didn't talk, like, personally, me and you didn't talk much about this. Yeah. Would you, like, be comfortable with, at seven, we traded up to the Niners, gave them Mo, and maybe our first this year, and then we drafted Jared Goff? Um, yes, I think that would be, well, I was, I was saying earlier that if he fell past 10, I would do it, but I really don't see, I think the Fortnite's would end up taking him, but I mean, do you think, do you think they'd actually take Mo in the first rounder to move up to seven? I mean, I feel like yeah, it'd be so a little more. It's, yeah, exactly. It's a big jump. Maybe, maybe in like a next year's second and this year's third or something like that. But, um, I don't know. It's, that's a tough one because uh, it's, it's like, when the trades actually happen, you totally like because I, I don't remember like, when was the last time we they made a trade from twenty to that like to seven. Um, I can't imagine twenty to one because what the Redskins moved up like six to two the one year right, and they traded yeah, like everything. Great. I don't know. I don't know because I don't know like what they would have to trade, but twenty to seven seems a little bit more possible because the Chargers just traded for Melvin Gordon twenty to fourteen. I want to say. And I don't think they had to trade. Yeah. They had to trade too much, um, so I don't think it's like out of hand what they would have to trade for the for the seventh overall. Um, but I mean, I, I would definitely like that because then you can also get Fitz back, which people are like, "Why would you want Goff and Fitz?" But imagine every other scenario that the Jets have ever had with a rookie quarterback has never worked out. So why not try something that is the safest route? Get Fitz back, keep that chemistry, have Jared Goff under the wing. If Fitz goes down, if Fitz starts to struggle like everyone expects him to, boom, there's Jared Goff. You have the guy that is going to be, you know, our focus for the next three years and then hopefully more, right? So, I mean, I yeah. think that's an ideal situation. And we talked about it before where uh, there's reports of McCagnan has his eye on one quarterback. And uh, I could definitely see it being Goff, and I've said that before. Um, so, you know, what, what do you – let's say it was – hmm, I mean – I feel uh, there's a point system. You know what I'm talking about to trading yeah. up. Have you ever seen that? And mm. I feel like maybe next year's second, this year's first, Mo, and then like a third. But that seems like a lot. Um, it does, but I mean, I'm. Just, I would. It depends I on how much they would, like Goff. Yeah, I mean, if they really like Goff, then go for it. But I mean, if he the chance that he falls past ten, I'm getting on the phones immediately oh, and yeah. trading. Because if the Fortnite is passed, he's he's definitely going to pass ten. But um. I mean, because the next quarterback needy team would be the Rams at 14. So if we can jump to, like, the 13th or 12th pick, I would, I would definitely do that because that's not even a big jump. And then it would it's be really nice. close to what the uh, the Chargers traded to move up to yeah. the, uh, Melvin Gordon. So if i got to look what up, like what that trade was, but it, it could be very similar to that. Um, but with Fitz, oh, I, they, oh uh, so they were kind of saying, you know, remember how you mentioned the Jabrikashaw, the cut, or him retiring wasn't just for money for Fitz. I yeah. mean, how much is Clady now? Do you remember? Clady, um, when they traded, they reworked his deal to a one-year six million with the max of like seven million incentives so or something. Like that. It saved us what, like eight mil? Yeah, so it's basically just like getting brick a pay cut. Yeah, and I mean, 
it's weird. I mean, it seems like it should go right to Fitz, but I don't know. It's not working out that way so far. I still am sticking to my theory where I think that they're going to sign him after they trade Mo. Yeah, because like they have literally have like three million in cap space right now, and um, it was recently reported by ESPN that um, the Jets offers more than seven to eight million. So I mean, that they don't even have close to that right now. They have three million, so they definitely have something up their sleeve to free up cap space. And the thing, the only thing I can really think of is trading Mo because that frees up fifteen million. Yeah. So I like, what else? Are we, I don't know what else. What else would we do? I mean, cut. Yeah. Bruno, but he gets like only like us up to like six million, I believe. There is no one near that. There is no one but Mo that could clear up the space for Fitz. I uh, I just really hope that we don't trade up to the first overall because apparently there's a there's a trade solidified or something or there's a solid trade. I really hope. I mean, I, I don't even know how to. I mean, I guess I trust Mac, but I would be horrified if we traded up to one because that is so much to trade, especially from twenty to one. I can't even imagine yeah. what that haul would have to be. Um, I mean, I don't even think we really have enough to really get up there that in the first place. That would be like this whole draft in like two two yet of next year's picks, maybe more. I don't know. Think about it. If the RG three trade was like three firsts and a second, then that's I don't even I don't know. I don't even like to think about it. But I just think um like I mentioned last year that um he like he likes to call up to all the teams ahead of him just to see feel get a feel for what the market market is like. So people yeah. that are like exaggerating about them inquiring about the first pick. It's nothing serious. He's just oh, doing yeah. diligence. Yeah, I know. You I mean I mean I don't I don't I I think there is a less than a one percent chance that that actually goes through because that'd be insane. Yeah. But I don't know. You never know with Max so far because no one expect. Well, I guess a few people expected Clady, but uh, I mean a lot of a lot of things have happened with the Jets over the over over just the small time Mac has been here. So who knows, man? It could happen. But uh, I mean that's I don't know. But what do you think? Do you think yeah. there's anything else to talk about in this segment? Because trying to keep it under thirty, we're at twenty two. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't really have, this was like one of the bigger news weeks, but I don't really, I mean, we went over Ross, we went over Ferguson retirement, we went over a little bit of Fitz. Oh, dude, and we, this was a longer uh, first half, I mean, 22 minutes, I think we talked about a lot. Yeah, I think, I think we got most, most, most of everything that we needed to get covered from this yeah. week. Yeah, I mean, we're just trying to talk more personal, you're personable, I guess. So, I mean, we, we would usually talk about this stuff off the podcast, but why not just keep it on there and you know, let's see, get to feel her out for how we are. So, you ready to go into questions? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. All right, Dylan, read us our first question. The first one is from doggy underscore BNP underscore spam. <laughs> will, will Matt Forte do better than Chris Ivory this season? Um, I mean, if if he stays healthy enough, it won't be that hard. I mean, how many touchdowns did Chris Ivory end up with? Eight? Yeah. Uh, that's not including receiving, though. I don't know. Uh, Matt Forte could play better, but, I mean, it's, it's a matter of seeing how much, you know, age ca- catches up to him. But based on last year, I could say that he could produce more. I mean, it, it's hard to say better. It depends on how many carries and stuff he gets. But splitting with Bilal Powell, he won't. I don't think he'll have as many opportunities to have more yardage. But I think that uh, I think he could do better. I mean, w- if you're adding in receiving yards too. Yeah, I mean, 
I would say if they both played healthy, healthy six-game seasons, I would say Forte would probably do better because of um, the impact he has in the receiving game. Because Ivory is pretty much just a runner. He doesn't have much impact as a receiver. Well, Matt Forte is basically another receiver on the field. Yeah, defensively they're gonna have to scheme and like they won't stack as many as the box. Especially like when Forte is out there, or if they have enough running sets with Forte and Bilal Powell, they're gonna have yeah. to have people. You know, they can't have them all in the box. Basically, how they could against Ivory when he played, or at least whatever he was in. So uh, I mean, yeah, I think Bilal, Matt Forte could definitely outproduce. I don't think that he will have as many carries uh, that Ivory had. I think they're gonna go really close to like fifty-fifty or something like that with Bilal Powell and him. Especially if Blow Power plays like he did uh, in the latter half of last year. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that Forte could. Eh, it's Is it, what, how do you word it? Do you think he can or will he? I think he, I think he can. Will he? I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, that's that's tough to say. I'm going to say that he, he won't, but I, uh, I bet you he has a better impact or a bigger impact. I mean, I'm not sure if the question is saying, will Matt Forte in New York do better than Chris Ivory in Jacksonville. I don't know if he's like trying to say that, or is he just saying, "Will oh, Matt Forte do better?" Oh. Or is he saying Matt Forte will do better than Chris Ivory did on the Jets? How, how did he word it again? Do you have the question? He just said, "Will Matt Forte do better than Chris Ivory this season?" So I mean, I don't oh, know. He said this season. Oh, I don't know. Um, so I get. I mean, Ivory's splitting carries with. I think he'll split carries with T.J. Yeldon. Yeldon's a promising back. Yeah, they have a running back there too. Oh man, who is it? I forget who T.J. Yeldon. 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 Yeah, T.J. Yeldon. And, uh, there's, there's one more. Oh. Um, uh, he uh, was Denard Robinson. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he yeah. actually played pretty well last year. I don't know. That I mean, if it's going to be just the, if it's if it's that way, and it's, I mean, I think Forte will have more yardage because he has to split with less people. So I'm going to go yes all around, except for maybe will he have over, like, the amount of yardage Ivory had last year for the Jets. Okay, that's right, fair. What's, what's Q2? YouTube is from Steve Patrick ninety three. How long will it take for the Jets to become an actual Super Bowl contender? Um, as long as it takes them to re-sign Fitz. For me, I mean, I think with Fitz, you know, a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh, he's just an average QB." But as last year showed, you don't need the elite QB to win a Super Bowl. There's a lot w- more ways to win a Super Bowl than people act like there are or act like there is. Um, because Russell Wilson wasn't elite when he won. He was just playing well. Joe Flacco wasn't elite when he won. He was just on a good run. Uh, Peyton Manning was, like, had, like, the worst rating ever in a Super Bowl and when they won a Super Bowl. So, um, I think it's entirely possible that they're a contender this year. Like, when they have Fitz back, I would say that they're easily one of the top six teams in the AFC. I mean, I would, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like the team's getting older because we have a lot of, we have a lot. There's a lot of young talent on the team, but there's also most of the starters on the team are older. I mean, well, that's the thing. I it's like, like it's this year is their contending year, and then yeah. after that, they have to do sort of like uh, who am I trying to think of? Like how the Steelers do it all the time, where they never hit a rebuild, but they do have to quote unquote rebuild, as in they restock or reload. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of how the Ravens did this year. They're not rebuilding. They just had a down year after their Super Bowl run, and uh, they're not blowing it up. They're not, you know, rebuilding. They're just reloading. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks when I hear questions like these because I feel like last year was their year to be. They were Super Bowl contenders last year. If they made the playoffs, I really think they could easily get the championship game, and maybe even made the Super Bowl. It just really sucks. Yeah, that we could get in. Talking about last year is getting old, though. I, I can't stand talking about it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It just it sucks so bad, but whatever, man. They they need to just get Fitz back and keep that magic they had for those last five or six games, and obviously until the last one. But um, I haven't given up faith. I mean, a lot of people are just like kind of like towards the end of the year, everyone was pumped about Fitz. Like, wow, we actually have someone playing well, and now everyone just hates him because he wants some money. Well, I don't blame him, and I still have faith that they're that they're going to come out of the gates better. Think of how well they played later in the year when they actually like you know formed a chemistry. Dude, just wait for it. I'm telling you, if Fitz is back this year, we're making playoffs, and we have a run at the division. Yeah, I mean, back to the question. I do think we'll be able to contend this year, Max, two to three years. I mean, um, After this year, it depends on what kind of quarterback situation it is. Um, because this year, it seems like this they have to go all out this year to try and win it. Um, only because B. Marsh isn't very – he's obviously not too young. Decker's going to be like 30 next year, I think, right, next season. Not yeah. this season, but next season, Decker will be 30. Um, Fitz is obviously older. Um, so they got to make a run for it this year after that. They obviously, don't do too much where you're going to do what we did in 2009 and 2010 where we fall apart right after. But I see McCagden building a younger team so that whenever they all retire and everyone goes, you know, there's, there's replacements like Malden and Calvin Pryor will still be here for a while. There's younger players ready to fill in for, uh, you know, when everyone retires or leaves, which is a lot different than 2009 and 2010. Yeah, we have a lot of young talent. We have a lot, we have a nice, you know, young core. I would say we have Calvin Pryor, Lorenzo Malden, also Leonard Williams, Sheldon Richardson as well. Yeah, I didn't even mention those two. So yeah, with those yeah. two also, I mean, Sheldon and um, Leonard will be like the two main guys. I would say Calvin Pryor is also emerging into a top ten safety. I think he was. Oh, yeah. I think he might have been top ten safety last year. To be honest. No, oh, I, I so agree. He, Whenever he, he hurt, it hurt he, a lot when he was gone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's going to be uh, obviously not same positions, but Sheldon and Leonard will be our um, Muhammad Wilkerson and Revis, or how do you want to say it? David Harris and Revis, I guess makes more sense because Wilkerson was kind of – actually, he wasn't even there for 2009-10. But, uh, but I mean, McPagan is going to have to nail these next few drafts because, as you said, we have a lot of aging guys on the roster. We need to fill the – we're going to be – we need to get guys that can fill those holes. Yeah, and I mean, I approve pretty much everything Max done so far. You know, he's done very good for a team that was – older but younger at the same time you know what i mean he, he was there's a huge spectrum between there, there's no one right in between there's like decker who's right in between but no one else he, everyone's either like within two to three years of retiring or two to three years into their career you know what i mean yeah so we think there's not many of those five to six year guys who are just hitting like second contract time you know like a lot of their main guys are old i mean like harris harris david harris is um over 30 now. Even his backup, Aaron Henderson, is over 30. Yeah. Marshall's over 30. De- even Matt Forte, who just signed, is 30. The offensive line, Nick Mangold, I think he only has like a couple more years left. Clady is also 30. I mean, a lot of 30-year-old starters on the team. Yeah, it does suck. But I, I think this year they're going to make a run for it. Uh, I think there's a, I think there's a solid chance this year. It is the year with the chemistry that, well, you know, it all depends. Like I said before, where Fitz is at, and it, it all depends on that. If we're if it's not Fitz this year, we're more than two to three years away. I'd say so. Because we still we still do not have a quarterback for the future. Also, I mean, yeah, Petty Petty is Petty. We don't we don't know what we have in him yet. He's yeah, fourth hopefully round we pick. can say that he could turn into something, but it's hard to say a fourth rounder will turn into something. Yeah, so you want to go to the next question? Yeah, you got it. It's This one's a hypothetical. It said, if you had the number one overall pick in a draft, who would you take? Um, So let's say we trade it up. I would want... Oh, man. I mean, you, you start with yours. I want to think about this. I mean, I don't... 
I don't know if I mean. I'd probably say Jalen Ramsey just because I'm a biased Florida State fan. Yeah, and but Jalen Ramsey is a beast, dude. He's the next Deion Sanders. Yeah, he, he is amazing. He's one of the best cornerback prospects, safety prospect that's been in the draft the last few years. I mean, and being a Florida State fan, I would love to have him on my team. I mean, I even kind of wanted Jameis Winston last year just because I'm a Florida State fan. So, I mean, I can't really answer this question. I wouldn't have mind Jameis Winston at all. Everyone gave him a bad rap, yeah. but... It would have been nice to have Jameis Winston or or Mariota, obviously, but can't go back to the past. But that would have been. I mean, nice. if there's if there's a Florida State guy at the top of the draft, I mean, I'd probably take him just yeah. because. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, no, I'm not even a Florida State fan, but Jalen Ramsey would be really awesome. Um, yeah, it's not like I'm just saying because I'm a Florida State fan. Jalen Ramsey is very talented. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey would be. I can't imagine him on this defense with with Revis learning under Revis too. That'd be insane. And then him and him and Pryor is like a young duo. That oh, would be insane. God. That would be amazing. Um, I don't know who I'd want at number one. It's kind of weird. I mean, most, uh, I guess, how do I put this? Most, The most logical choice, the most practical would be, what is it, Laramie Tunsil? Is that his name? Yeah. Weird name, uh, Laramie. But I guess Laramie Tunsil would make the most sense. I'm trying to think of, I mean, I guess, who's top pass rusher? Joey Boza, Bosa? Bosa, Miles Jack. Um... Miles Jack would be amazing. Miles, yeah, he would. I I would uh I'd be really it would be like a coin flip for me between Miles Jack and Laramie Tunzel. I know Miles Jack is supposed to be like top five, but I would take Miles Jack. I think, and I know people people are probably saying like why not Carson Wentz or something like that, but that's that's a that's hard to pick a quarterback that high that isn't supposed to be too good of a you know I mean Carson Wentz. Isn't, well, the Browns they're gonna take probably take one at number two. Yeah, true. I don't know. I I think I'd go Laramie Tunzel or Miles Jack. Just because I like to, I'd like to have, I like to build a team before I'd risk getting a QB, you know. Yeah. So um, you say those two, and I say um, Jalen Ramsey. I'm gonna go Miles Jack question. just so I can have a definitive answer. Okay, Jack and Ramsey are final choices. Yeah, Miles Jack would be amazing. Anyway, um, I guess that ends our our podcast for today. Uh, definitely a lot. I'm really happy about all the stuff that happened this week. Um, but I guess I'm going to plug all of our stuff. Obviously, check out our YouTube, The Jetcast. Lots of videos on there. Anything new coming from you on there, Dylan? I mean, I want to – I'm waiting for – I want the draft to come because I'm going to do, like, a big video for the girl draft, oh, draftees that we have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that would be cool. Um, but um, I don't think there's going to be anything new for, like, the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely not. I mean – Until the draft. Maybe we draft. sign someone or trade. I don't know. Um, maybe. Yeah, who knows. Anyway um, – how do I plug all that? Oh, Twitter. I talked about this last week. Me and Dylan share the same Twitter now, at NYJetsFansOnly. Uh, check out my Instagram, at NYJetsEra. Dylan's Instagram is at NYJetsFansOnly. Uh, if you could, please leave a review on iTunes. It definitely helps us out a lot, and we'd like to see uh, all of your feedback. Um, and I think I just plugged everything pretty well, right? And then I kind of ruined it by mentioning it. Yeah, you should have just let it go. But <laughs> All right, we'll good. see you guys in the next one.